I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. Yo, Semity. Yes. A lot of the posters had it in two words, like the old-timey posters that were up all over had a word yo and a word semity for like the old tourism posters to go there. Those were words. I wasn't paying attention to that. <laughs> so the trip was, was actually really good. I was kind of surprised. Yes. I think you said that part, part way through. You said, this is turning out way better than I thought it would. And I could hear in your tone of voice the ideas of doom and disaster you had thought up. <laughs> All of the reason that we haven't taken these kids camping or on any sort of vacation ever before were still in the back of my head, like bracing myself for the worst. Well, here's what we didn't have, though. We didn't have an extra dramatic teenager threatening to do harm to himself or really not do harm to himself, but just threatening that he could think of it. And we didn't have number two child like telling everybody, basically, if his brother didn't do it, then he'd just kill everybody and kill himself. So, you know, oh we didn't have gosh. any like, you know, kids that, that were at that extreme. He's, both the boys have settled down. They definitely have. Yeah. Their sister is fairly adaptable. As long as it's not bedtime. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. No kidding. But. If you just couldn't have bedtime. She would be fine. And, She's and, got all the coping skills that they never learned. <laughs> and and if there was no bedtime and she just stayed up and did whatever and then fell asleep when she fell asleep, she'd still be fine in the morning, you know? Depending I mean, she, on what time we okay, had to get her up, yeah. Well, she wouldn't be great and she wouldn't be good at getting up, but... But she would still function herself through it and make it make it work. Yes, she would. And we wouldn't suffer too much for it. Whereas any variations on changing a schedule can do that to the boys. And, oh, it totally and can. And so we, 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 we did make a pretty good attempt, I think, at, at sticking to that schedule or sequence. Right. Sequence, at least. Not the schedule, because then there was a dinner we were trying to have with your aunt. So that was a whole other <sighs> story. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> How many trips up and down the roads in Yosemite does it take to find each other? <laughs> oh. Well, let's back up from there because we packed the car the night before. And by packing the car, we didn't actually pack anything into the car. We packed it all on top of the car. And I was kind of worried about that at first because, you know, I've seen these luggage racks and these um, car toppers that are like hard plastic and metal and like designed for rough and tumble carrying things at high speeds with dust and debris being blown and wind and so on. And then out you haul this big plastic rubberized canvas tote thing that straps onto the top of your car. And I'm thinking, oh, this could be bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was kind of talking myself out of a lot of anxiety when we first started going, because to me, it was all good until you said, well, these metal straps, you know, the hook parts don't go into my car in the same, like, like there's no lip there, like there was in, in the car I had bought it for. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that could be bad. They have these little hooks that are supposed to go on the body of the car where the door closes in, but the lip 
around my door was different from the lip around your door, and it didn't actually hook on. We just had to close the hooks into the door every time. Precisely. Into the door every time. Very, very carefully and cautiously into the door every time. And I have to say, the kids were really good when we got in the car and said, look, don't open the doors unless you tell us first and we say it's okay because the thing on the roof is attached this way. Yes. And they, they did. They managed that. They, they were really good. I think there was one or two times out of an entire week that they didn't. And so that's kind of amazing. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And then we, you know, we, we, so we would have to put the kids in and put their straps in and then put ourselves in. And the, the part of the road where we're going the fastest from, from our house down to the next smaller road where there's more curves and you're just going to be going slower anyway. Right. And it was really noisy because it's a windy area anyway, but there was noise coming into my side. And so I was trying to talk myself out of anxiety because there was no use for it. There, there was no um, anxiety for, was not going to help us at that point, no. No, but I've noticed, even though I've needed to lower my testosterone dose because we're trying to get the overall number down a little bit. The, the blood work and the... Yeah, um, the testosterone level overall down just a little. Mm-hmm. I've been lowering the dose and I've had more anxieties and more... You're having a hard time being rational with your emotions and bossing them to shut up. Uh, yeah, and it's really annoying. I'm sorry. We talked about that when you first started tea, about how like you were much more able to control your emotions. Mm-hmm. And that one time that you were like in the high-profile car driving on the windy road, and it was kind of blowing you around, and you were like, I was able to just not freak out, even though I have PTSD about rolling cars. And yes. It was awesome. And I'm sorry that's coming back. Yeah, I was able to find some logic, but first I was run over a couple times by the anxiety, and I've had that lately, and I'm certainly not enjoying it. If I was enjoying that, that would be an even bigger problem, but... (laughs) Yeah, well... Mm. So we figured out what was making that noise, though, and why it wasn't staying... Why the hook wasn't staying put in your door was because the canvas was, like, folded funny on that side where it met the top of the car, and we fixed it. There was... There's also a buckle that the strap goes through before when it goes down to the metal hook, and mm-hmm. that was a little bit in the door. Yes. And so it was leaving a little gap in the door. And, and it sounded like the, wind was um, coming in. Yeah. The rubber uh, yeah, seal. Yeah. Was, the gasket. The gasket was compromised. It was. But the thing on the roof was not. It was fine. It was not. Our- I had a fair amount of confidence in the bag itself in the fact that it's made by a major suitcase company. They wouldn't put their name on the side of the thing if it put wasn't going to be good. Yeah, and they put it in big letters. And then when I looked it up again after we realized the metal hooks weren't going to go in correctly, when I looked it up again to see if, if anybody else had had this problem, there were no reports of problems. Like structural integrity no. failures or there were, there zippers, were things about rips, tears, no, nothing. No, things flying off and hitting the car behind you. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) So. That could be bad. Yeah. But it didn't go that way, and so it was good. We had soft things in there anyway. We had duffel bags, Mm -hmm. not actual big suitcases. Yeah, but But at that speed, it still could have been a problem if it bounced off the car behind us. Right. So. Yeah. It was good. 
Yeah. And that morning as we're leaving our house with number two child on our way to pick up numbers one and three on our way out of town, I'm texting with my aunt who is also leaving the last place she had been and she's going to all sorts of national parks all over the American West and just doing all sorts of cool stuff right now because she's retired and she can. Right. They got a small inheritance recently from someone who passed away that's enabling them to do all this stuff. So not like they're rich and retired. They're just, hey, look, it's a once in a lifetime kind of deal. And so let's just do this. Let's do this thing we always wished we could do. And so good for them. And they're texting me and saying, okay, so what are our options? Because our original plan had been that we would meet her for dinner once we all got to Yosemite Park and we were all staying in villages on the south end or just past the south end of this huge national park. So I texted her two options and I said, you know, if you need to check into your lodgings first, we'll go to the one that's closer to you. And if you don't, then you can stay at the, or you can come to the one closer to us because it's just on your way to your place. And I didn't get a text back, which I figured was because she was on the road and she drives. Yes. Between her and her husband, she spends most of the time behind the wheel like you and I do. Right. I, I drove us all the way. Yes, you prefer to drive. I prefer not to. And so I assumed that she would just text me back when she stopped and no problem. So we get the kids and we're going down the road and we're driving and we're driving and we stop for a bathroom and then we stop for a lunch and I still haven't heard from her, but I figure it's a good time to let the kids out of the car. They've been cooped up for many hours at this point. They should run around and do things. And you agreed. Actually, I think it was your idea at that point to stay put for a little while. I was thinking we would just get out of the car and eat lunch and then go. And you sent the kids off to go play. Yes. They needed more playtime. They had been stuck in there for a while. Yeah. So... And and they saw a rock. We eat our lunch and you send them to play after we get all cleaned up and you go off to the bathroom and I'm standing by the car and the teenager wanders off to try and find a cell signal and the two kids are scampering back to me as quickly as they can after about five minutes, except quickly in this case is relative because they're playing. You know how, you know, in a, in a house people, little kids will play the floor is lava they were playing like you couldn't touch the ground, except play it that wasn't the floor is lava. They were just, you know, you had to be up on rocks or branches or trees or things. You, you couldn't touch the ground. Mm-hmm. And so as quickly as they could, but without touching the ground, they run back to me. Where's dad? Where's dad? Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Yes, that's how it works. <laughs> dad, look at Hey, dad, we found a rock. Um, Dad's in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. well, well, when when he gets back, could you tell him, tell him we, we found a rock? We're at Yosemite. We're outside. There are going to be rocks. <laughs> but, but then they ran to me, and they said, hey, Dad, we found a rock. We can climb it. You want to climb it with us? And that's why they had wanted to find you, because you like to climb. Or somehow the boy has an idea that you like to climb. Yeah, my back has been really stiff this year, so I'm I'm not sure where his idea comes from. But um, <laughs> he said, can we climb the rock? And, and I said, thinking of where we were, <laughs> I said, let me see it first. Because I wasn't sure what size the rock was. Was it car size? Was it house sized? Was it town sized? I don't know. 
All of these are options in Yosemite. They are. It was uh, probably about car to pickup truck size. and So they, they climbed on the rock and I took their picture for them. Yes. They did want me to climb on the rock. They did. Did I, you? I said, no, uh, my back was stiff and yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm being old right now. Sorry, kids. Go ahead. <laughs> I love that. I'm being old right now. I'm going to have to use that line. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm being old right now. <laughs> That's great. So once we did finally get back in the car and we start heading towards the hotel on the... By this point, we had just gotten into the park, but we had to go all the way through the park to the other end to get to the place where we were staying. That's how it works. Yes. And they do have more of these um, shuttles and transports in the park that they didn't have, you know, even 10 years ago, probably even five years ago, that help with some reducing some of that traffic. Yes. And the traffic actually wasn't that bad. It was just a matter of when there are that many rocks and that many quick turns that you cannot go very fast. The I think the highest speed limit there is like 35. Well, and there's a lot of signs about bears. Speeding and, kills bears. And the, they put up the speeding kills bears signs wherever a bear has been killed. So it's not just a, hey, pay attention. It's a, hey, this is actually where a bear got hit. So really, we mean it. Yeah. And they have those signs in a different color than usual road signs are. So mm-hmm. they are trying to get people to pay attention. And you don't really speed in your car anyway, because that will ruin your, your little game on the dashboard. I drive a hybrid. It doesn't go up and down the hills quickly. It goes faster than my car, and I have four cylinders in my car as well, but my car, as it's getting older... Doesn't do what it used to. You have to turn off the air conditioner to go up a hill in your car. (laughs) I do. I do, but it's okay, because I usually still have enough air conditioning to make it up the hill. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, it took us a few more hours after having been in the car all day. It still took us a few more hours to get to the place we were staying. And my cell signal at this point is cutting in and out because there is spotty coverage in a gigantic national park. They don't want cell towers everywhere in the scenery. Plus, you have lots of things that would interfere with that, such as, you know, gigantic mountain-sized rocks. So I think they're called mountains. Yeah, well, (laughs) they look like rocks, but they're mountain-sized, so it's very, you know... Yeah. If you just said mountain, you would think of dirt and trees and rocks. But this thing is mostly rock. Yeah. So So because of the the canyons and outcroppings and scenery stuff, mountains and valleys, and it's hard to get a cell signal at many places in the park. Yes. And so when we finally got to our cabin, it had Wi-Fi. And I got a text message from my aunt saying, that sounds great. (laughs) <laughs> now, if you remember, we had offered her two different options for dinner. And as I as I pointed out to you, you guys are family. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to do one of these things? Sure. Would you like A or B? Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are family. Yes. So I texted her back and said, okay, so there were two options there. Is one of them better than the other? Because with spotty signals, you know, and if we hadn't thought we would at different points maybe have a cell signal, and by and when you think maybe, you often think a bigger percentage than you will. 
you might think you would have be able to have more communication, whereas it would have been better to say, you know, meet us at, at this place between these hours. So I'm standing there, you know, checking my phone every two minutes while we're unloading our car and getting things into the cabin and getting ourselves situated in the cabin with everybody's stuff in the right places in the rooms that they want. And the two little kids wanted to have a party in the one bedroom together with the two twin beds. And we said no. And so they were all... And then number two was even more when number one wanted the bed that he wanted. And I had to point out to number one, can you just be the more responsible person and the more mature person here today and just let the baby boy not have a hissy? Yeah, because smaller kids are harder to get to sleep. And as adults, we have to learn that we will have to adjust what we need to accommodate the smaller people. And as an autistic teenager, that's still a struggle for him, but he was well, able to be as any rational teenager, about it. Yeah. Any teenager might be not wanting that. It might be more or less manipulative about trying not to do that thing. But when you ask him directly, he's pretty good about it. He is. He's way better than he ever has been. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm really proud of him. But then after all this, you know, getting unpacked and waiting around for a while and getting everyone's devices onto the Wi-Fi, and I think we were there at the cabin for maybe an hour before we decided, you know what, let's just go to the place that is closer to us, and if she shows up, awesome, and if she texts us to go to the other place, then it's still on the way and we can just get back in the car from there. Yep. And so we went there, and the kids were playing, and there was a fountain, and the kids wanted to go in the fountain, but there was a plaque that said, don't go in the fountain. And No, there was no plaque, and they did go in the fountain. And then the guy came out and said, you can't do that. So they got out. And when we came out later, our number two child, being the child he is, and like many children, said, hey, there's kids in that fountain, and that's not allowed. Like, <laughs> no fair. I found the plaque that had the words that said no fountain. Okay, well, none of us did. <laughs> I know. I know. So, you know. It it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, there would be a plaque. So we're there for like an hour and a half just sort of wandering around this campground, around this hotel that has the restaurant in it. And I'm trying to call my aunt at this point like every 30 to 50 seconds thinking, you know, as soon as she gets a cell signal, it will ring. Mm -hmm. And it did. And she was about an hour away, and she had been there. You know, she must have just been leaving. She probably passed us as we were coming off of our road to go to the restaurant. She was probably driving down our road to see if she could figure out where we might be staying so that she could find us and we could go to dinner. Yes. So this is a couple hours later by now. Yes. And they're on their way back. And they were on their way to their cabin and had given up on finding us. And she says, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, I totally didn't say which one to go to, you know, which one of those options was best. And I'm so sorry. And are you there now? And we can turn around. And so they did. And so we ate dinner. I think we got seated around like quarter to nine. (laughs) Well, we we went, as soon as she said that, we went and got ourselves in line and got a pager. And the kids were fascinated by a pager. What does that do? How does it do that? It tells us when our dinner's table is It lights up and buzzes and stuff when when they're telling us it's time to come. But hey, that other guy has one too. What if his goes off? Well, that's for his table. This one's for our table. I should have explained it like cell phone numbers. Each of these has a number. 
Mm-hmm. I did say they had, it had a number, but they were fascinated by that. And and your aunt got there, and we sat outside first. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took some pictures because the kids had their Michigan shirts on. Yes, the ones that my aunt had gotten them. And uh, got some drinks. Mm-hmm. And you promptly paid for the drinks because you knew that if you didn't, that my aunt would be snagging the ticket from them. Yes. And apparently she was displeased with me. <laughs> you expected otherwise? Well, I was just thinking, they're retired people. They they don't need to buy everything. And we were buying drinks because we were taking a long time to get to dinner and a little bit of... Increased blood sugar. Yes. <laughs> including for children. Oh, my goodness. Is important at that point. It so. was. And so we did finally get to dinner before nine. We were done a little bit after nine. And by that point... Number two child who had asked for the salmon cakes because he thought it would just be a fish. And yeah, it wasn't. It, it was all mushed up and so there were no bones. And I don't know why the fact of bones being there or not being there seems to affect whether or not this child wants the food. It doesn't, it's still the same it's kind some of kind food. some kind of caveman thing or I don't know, you know, his, his cousin, my sister's youngest son, mm-hmm. is like that with, like he likes food with bones in it. That's... Interesting. I guess it's sort of like how, you know, small people won't eat pieces of chicken, but they'll eat like chicken nuggets or they won't eat like hamburger in a spaghetti sauce, but they'll eat it in a patty on a bun. You know, it's like the presentation affects their concept of the whole thing. Like they haven't yet learned how to compartmentalize the texture and the substance and the presentation all as individual things. That this is still going to taste the same as the way I remember. I don't think it, salmon cakes taste the same as salmon because they've mixed other things in there. Okay. And I think it, it was, you know, at least in part to that. But I think it's fine if he likes food with bones in it because he knows it's real food if the bones are still there. Right. So. That's fair. Yeah. But it, he didn't like the flavor at all. And I think he didn't like that they were off the bone, like you said. So anyhow, that didn't work out for him. No, and so he didn't get much other food into him, and he was just ready to have a meltdown because it was tired time anyway. But I was really impressed, and so was my aunt, that when he did have a meltdown, he wasn't, like you said earlier, telling everybody and their mother where to go. He just started silently sobbing. Yes, and then I could just say to him, okay, let's go lay down in the car and let him lay down in the back seat. Of course, he didn't realize it would be cold outside, and you know, all parents know the number of times you tell your kid to bring their jacket does not have any correlation to the number of times they will actually bring their jacket. No. So we tend to let our kids be cold if they don't bring their jackets. We don't go get them for them or whatever. We do not. If we're not, especially if we're not very far away, like we had jackets at the cabin, but. We did have jackets at the cabin, and but what we mean by cold is not like going to induce hypothermia. It means no. it was a little chilly compared to the temperature in the restaurant. Yes. So they're not cold in a way that's a problem otherwise in discomfort. Mm-hmm. When you're tired, it feels a little more cold. It does. So um, he went in the car and laid down and uh, turned on the heater in the car. Okay. And he was, you know, I thought probably going to fall asleep. But then the other two kids came back to the car with you and they had their screens in their faces. And he remembered his screen and he got his screen out and put that in his face and then he was awake again. Mm. So the option of giving him a screen when he was 
feeling overly tired at the table had not occurred to me because it's not something I usually would do. So, No, we don't usually give our children screens as babysitters or as uh, pacification devices. Right. So, yeah, that didn't go so well. And then num- we got back to the cabin and number three was having her tired meltdown. Her tired... I haven't been made to go to bed in two weeks, meltdown. Oh my gosh, no. Her father does not make her have a bedtime. Her father does not have a bedtime. That whole household just sort of runs on, I almost said, you know, some sort of nonsense time, but there just is no time. They run on the, hey, did we do this, or maybe we'll wake up now or go to sleep or eat or whatever. Yeah, kind of. There's there's no sense of external temporal priority. Well, she comes home with that every time. Ugh. And a huge resistance to bedtime in a way that's an, always an emotional meltdown of I can't proportions sleep. that are unbelievable. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. She doesn't just come out of her room for a drink of water like other kids do. She comes out and tells us she's lonely. <laughs> yeah, she does share a room at her father's house. Yes. There is another bed in the room and there's another human in the bed, not in, in the other bed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she, she doesn't have to feel alone. And as an and extrovert, I can understand not wanting to feel alone. But bedtime is she's the time not you an need extrovert. to be by yourself. No, at that point, she's just not wanting to go to bed. She's like, fine with being alone until it is time for bed. Yeah, all right. We, But we know this is going to happen because it happens every time. It does. So we expected it there as well. And, and in part, she had this idea. My brother said, meaning number two child, we could share the room. And now my other brother's in there with him. And we said, well, the boys are going to share a room and you're going to sleep out here. And that had to do with lots of things. I mean, no two little kids having a sleepover in a room because there's no sleeping at a sleepover. Except when number three had a little girlfriend over for a sleepover. They actually did sleep. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> typically. Yes. Although the there other... was another human in the room, so she slept. True. <laughs> actually, she fell asleep first. She did. We can't trust two little kids together. No. And she doesn't sleep, and we don't want her keeping her brother up. No. Because he needs his sleep way more than she does. He doesn't function without sleep. She she can get managed sometimes with a little assistance, but still get managed. He can't get managed Mm-mm. without sleep. So, no, she was on the couch and uh, she was shocked and horrified uh, about that as much as she was about her usual ability to be shocked and horrified that there's <laughs> bedtime and it is happening to her. Oh, my goodness. Yes. We are terrible, horrible, evil parents making her lie down and go to sleep. I, I know one of the times that that she's come home from her dad's and she was in there sobbing and sobbing and sobbing about bedtime. And the boys had gone to bed, you know, first usually number two child goes to bed, then the teenager goes to bed as much as he goes to bed when he doesn't have to, which is not a problem for us as long as he does what he's supposed to Right. the rest of the time. And you and I had even gone to bed, and she came to our door and knocked on it. I think you had gotten in the shower or bathroom mm-hmm. or something, but I was laying in the bed, and she, or maybe you were even asleep. 
It's entirely possible. Because I said to her, I opened our door the rest of the way, and I said, you are being unfair. Everyone in this house is trying to sleep, and you're bothering them. You don't have to go to sleep, but you do have to go in your room and be quiet and rest. And these are rules that we have set up for her for over a year now, because this is a thing that happens, and she will start to give herself anxiety over not being asleep. And so the rule is not that she needs to be asleep. The rule is that she needs to be in her bed and quiet. And I'm not ever buying it's the go to sleep thing. No. It's she doesn't want bedtime. And then she always has the nerve, as I like to say, to come out of there and tell us she's having a bad dream when she isn't even. She's not even been asleep yet. I'm like, you have to be asleep when you're having a bad dream. I'm having a bad dream, too, that you are coming out here. And bothering me uh, about not wanting to be in your bed. Uh, so when I did open the door and said, you're not being fair. You're being unfair about this. And she looked at me like like her, her logic clicked in. I saw it click in. And she was like, oh. I have rational functioning and I'm going to use it to overcome my emotional functioning now. Good night. <laughs> I'm going to get away from you because you are right I'm being unfair. And if I'm being unfair, I might have a consequence. Good night. <laughs> you win. Good job, Dad. And I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's yeah, totally th- this great. is our typical. Yeah. So you, But you had to sit there and baby her because I was not we're in a going small to have place. fuss all night and have her whimpering and whining and possibly keeping the boys up. But she sleeps better, like I said, when there's someone in the room. And so since she was in the living room, it was kind of acceptable for other people to just sort of be coming and going at that point. And I think that helped her. Yeah. Too. Her brother, our number two child went to bed because he was tired mm-hmm. and her, her teenager brother came out and sat in a chair with his screen and you sat there and I patted her one and, hand using the computer and the other hand patting her back. And yeah. And talking her through the fact that people go to sleep at nighttime <laughs> and all of us were eventually going to go to sleep, and and I just was doing little chores, and mm-hmm. and uh, so that that was the best way to deal with it because exactly we didn't want her whining and whimpering all night like she will when we're home. Yes, and it's going to happen when she comes home this week that she's going to have a fuss. But when we're on vacation, is not the time to reinforce boundaries. No, she was also. Um, She's not good at change. And so she was in a different place and she was, in addition, in a different place to what she expected, mm-hmm. being the couch rather the, than the bedroom. And she wanted the windows closed, the window shades, I mean. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to see the stars. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a big deal. So she did eventually get to sleep. And the next morning, we met my aunt and uncle at the gas station near us. Yes. And we were a minute or two late, but they kind of understand that. And they said the night before, they said, well, if we're late, just wait for us. And it turns out that we were the ones who were late. But then they were going to follow us to the place where you could take the big picture. The tunnel view. The tunnel view. The view when you come out of the tunnel where you can see El Cap and Half Dome and a handful of other monument-type valley things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Many picturesque sites all in one view. And my aunt, at this point, had had this idea in her head ever since childhood that when she would see pictures of Yosemite and she would see all of these things together at once, 
It was sort of like these other tourism posters and tourism flyers and tourism pictures that she would see that would sort of composite all of the picturesque or attractive items that people would want to go see. They would composite them all into one picture, one poster, one flyer. And she thought that all of these things, Half Dome and El Capitan and the Valley and it was all a composite picture. Yeah, so she was so surprised to see it all at once. There there it was. She was in awe. Not that you wouldn't be in awe at Yosemite anyway. Yes. But that was her first awestruck moment of, whoa. It, it's kind of magical looking. It's kind of incredible mm-hmm. to see that whole view at once. Mm-hmm. So, we yeah, we stopped there and took pictures. Kids climbed on a rock, as they were wont to do. They did. It was funny because, you know, we're wandering about looking at the view and thinking, where do we want to get ourselves situated for a picture with aunt and uncle and kids? And and number two runs up to you. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. I found a rock. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Here? Really? Hmm. Hey, dad, can I climb on the rock? Again, which rock are we talking about? <laughs> can you show me? <laughs> and his sister wanted to climb on it too. So I always figure if she wants to do it too. Then it can't be too bad. It can't idea. be too bad. <laughs> if she's kind of standing back like, I might just watch this. <laughs> I, I know that it's not good. Yep. She, she's, she's had that approach for, for years. Yes. Since we very first moved in together and they started Even before that. Even before that. And he he's got his like, head, head stuck in that uh, <laughs> horse fence. And... <laughs> She came in and got us. And she just stood there and watched him because she didn't understand why you would do these things. But hey, it's, you know, a curiosity, right? Yes, she's a very curious individual. Sometimes she's instigative. Yeah. Whereas when she says, oh, yeah, we'll climb that fence. And then she turns to him and says, hey, go climb the fence. <laughs> she will. Yeah. She will. She knows he will, too. Yeah. But... Yeah, so she was going to scramble right up that rock with him, and they did, and we got some cute pictures of them way up high on a rock. Yeah, they, they had fun. But they, were was... fa- they were fascinated, appropriately so, by, look how big this rock is. Yes, and that's an appropriate thing to be fascinated by in Yosemite. Yes. It's kind of great. Yeah. And so we get a picture or two, but the sun is behind us, and so we plan on coming back later in the day, and once we get done with that picture, was it then or was it when we came back that he comes over and is all excited, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, I found another rock <laughs> over by the other parking lot. Yeah, they, they did. They climbed on that one, too. <laughs> and we went, so we went across the street and up there, and that's where I took a little video of them. Good. Yeah. Very good. Because they, they love that. They love Hey, take a movie. Yeah, that's his big thing is take a movie. Yeah. And and it's funny because a couple times when he's been like totally off the rails, I've started audio recordings just in case he does something totally stupid, hurts himself, and I need evidence that I wasn't the one who did it. Mm Mm-hmm. And last time I started the audio recording, he like immediately calmed down and he said, are you taking a video? (laughs) <laughs> and I said, no, it's only audio. And he's like, what's audio? And I'm like, it's only the sounds, but not the pictures of the video. So it's taking a video. <laughs> <laughs> taking a video without the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and like he didn't understand how uh, that would work. <laughs> no, it's not a video if there's no visualization. Yeah. You don't have to teach him that as, as a word. 
Yeah. Now that he's learning to read. Oh, thank God. Yeah. He's almost 10. He needs to read. I think he might be a little dyslexic because he still mixes up P's and B's and he still mixes up a lot of those letters, but that could U's still be a developmental. M's. Yeah, because he does have a 40 to 60% developmental delay. So it could be a developmental thing and it could be a dyslexia thing, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to get it checked We'll have to out. get it checked. Anyway, we went down into the valley and the kids... We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. The well, thing yeah. we were closest to was the waterfall. Okay. Which is a double waterfall. Which is not a double rainbow. No. What does it mean? But sometimes there are double rainbows. Yes. So In anyway. any case. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>